Hello, you're listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today from uh, Fatima, um, where uh, for the for the first time in since arriving here about two in a little bit days ago, um, ironically in a place uh, famous for the miracle of the sun. Um, I can't actually see the sun yet, um, but uh, I have at least got indications that a sun um, might exist. Uh, this is about the first time that the skies haven't been completely grey and with a driving horizontal uh, wind. Um, so those of you who think I was off on a on, on a jolly, um, well, it still is beautiful to be here. Um, but there was a penitential aspect in the, in, in the horizontal rain. Um, but nonetheless, it is good and a privilege to be here. Um, on this Feast of St. Luke, I want to open with the uh, the first reading that we're given today in the Mass, which is from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Demas has deserted me for love of this life and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark to come and bring him with you. I find him a useful helper in my work. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus in Troas and the scrolls, especially the parchment ones. Alexander the coppersmith has done me a lot of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. Be on your guard against him yourself, because he has been bitterly contesting everything that we say. The first time I had to present my defence, there was not a single witness to support me. Every one of them deserted me. May they not be held accountable for it. But the Lord stood by me and gave me power, so that through me the whole message might be proclaimed for all the pagans to hear. Now the key point of yesterday's reflection was the difference between human hope and divine hope. Being an optimist or a pessimist has nothing to do with divine hope. You may by temperament be hopeful, or you may be naturally gloomy. You may take an umbrella just in case, even in bright sunshine, or you might leave the umbrella in the worst of downpours, convinced it'll dry up shortly. If you see me out without an umbrella in heavy rains, though, the answer is simply that I don't like umbrellas. In St. Paul's letters, I think you see a fluctuation of moods. But what never varies is his conviction that Christ died and rose from the dead. He never ceases to believe that Jesus is the Lord and that whatever we suffer can, through our mystical union with him, be made redemptive. Now, you might share my gloomy outlook on Western civilization that I gave yesterday, or you might seek to persuade me why the outlook is brighter than I think, and I'm open to persuasion. But my seeming gloom is not the gloom of the depressive, which leads to inaction or surrender. Rather, hope springs eternal. This day, this hour, this minute is a gift. There are people to be loved, people to tell of the love of God, eternal souls to be saved. Now, Paul, in our first reading today, seems a little down in the dumps, abandoned by some in this present moment, reflecting on past betrayals. 
And yet with those past betrayals, unlike with the, the kind of the recent betrayal by Alexander the coppersmith, with those past ones, there is not bitterness, there is not despair. For those who abandoned him, he asks that they not be held accountable. And he reflects that even though abandoned, the Lord stood by me and gave me power so that through me the whole message might be proclaimed for all the pagans to hear. Yet this time he is not humanly alone. He tells us that Luke, whose feast we celebrate today, remains with him. As I am here in Fatima and learning more about the lives, the beautiful lives of those little children, seers and shepherds, I'm struck by their trust and their love. But I also think that they, like St. Paul, had a vision from heaven. And most of us will not have such a privilege, nor such a responsibility. Most of us need a Luke in our lives to be beside us, just as Frodo needed a Sam. And most of us come to know the love of God for us through those who both profess that love of God and incarnate it. There is a novel that I have not read, but the title of which echoes in my head often. It's called If Nobody Speaks of Remarkable Things. Thank God St. Luke did. He gave us the gift of his beautiful gospel, and he gave us the gift of the history of the early church in the Acts of the Apostles. And it's through St. Luke that we learn more of our Blessed Mother than through any other account too. What a gift. And yet, as St. Luke tells us, he did not witness firsthand what he writes and speaks of in his gospel. He hands on what others in love and faith and hope handed on to him. What was the witness like of those from whom St. Luke first heard the word? The word that springs to my mind is compelling. Only a compelling witness could turn Luke from simple hearer to disciple. That and the knowledge of the Lord that comes through prayer, the sacraments, and the witness of our Blessed Mother. And we should want to be such witnesses. We should pray that we might become compelling, not through being polished through simple rhetoric or guile, but through the love of Christ shining through us. The message to the little children at Fatima was simple. The message of the gospel is ultimately simple. Sin complicates the message, and sin has us introducing all sorts of but what ifs, and surely that's too much, he couldn't ask that of me, and not right now. But the message of Fatima emphasizes three points. Permanent conversion, prayer, especially the rosary, and the sense of collective responsibility and the practice of reparation. I'm always struck by that line of Cain after the murder of his brother Abel. The Lord asks him, where is his brother? And he replies, am I my brother's keeper? I find those some of the most tragic words ever spoken. Sin alienates and isolates. Sin sees only I and never thou. It turns us in on ourselves. 
Now your prayers, your sacrifice for someone you know, for someone you do not know, might feel humanly helpless. But cosmically, as a, message, as a member of the body of Christ, they reverberate throughout the cosmos. That's part of the message of Fatima. No prayer is ever wasted. No witnessing to another about the love of God and the good news of the risen Lord is futile. No act of charity is ever in vain. Now, I'm here in Fatima with close to 30 other priests. And if you're wondering what priests talk about when they get together, well, yes, football is a pretty universal interest. Even the priest director of Radio Maria USA, who is not a big football fan, told me he had been engrossed by the Beckham documentary on the plane. But we also talk about you. We talk about kindnesses shown and done. We talk about stories of good things. We talk about how the Lord has transformed our lives. We talk about the power of one good confession in our lives. We talk about the gift of the Eucharist. And we also talk about all the beautiful stories you tell us of the action of God and his instruments, fellow members of the body of Christ in your lives. It's one of the great privileges of a priest to hear so many of what some call glory stories. But we need to tell even more such stories. The press reports unremitting bad news. And I do think things are bad. But in season and out of season, we have good news. And what I would love for you to do after listening to this reflection today is to email me with your stories of the power of grace in your life. Your stories of the kindnesses shown to you. And let me know if you're happy for me to share these on air, even if just anonymously. We need to speak more of the transforming power of Christ. So do please email me at director at radiomariaengland.uk. That's director at radiomariaengland.uk. And perhaps you might even share a story of how Radio Maria has touched you or a friend or a relative. Sending you lots of prayers from Fatima.